Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. We already know what this episode is going to be about. You guys have seen my initial reaction on Twitter, and if you hadn't, follow me on Twitter, at LockedOnDevils. I am frustrated, I am hurt, and I am dumbfounded. So let's just roll the introduction and get right into the episode. Buckle up. You're Locked On Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Alrighty now, what is up New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, college hockey play-by-play announcer and also Devils writer for the hockey writers, Trey Matthews. And it's currently 9.03 p.m. Eastern Time, April the 8th, 2021 at the time of this recording. And while I'm recording this episode, the New Jersey Devils are actually in the middle of their game right now. There's 4.18 remaining in the final period of regulation and the Devils are tied with the Buffalo Sabres by a score of 3-3. So, uh, like I said, this episode is going up tomorrow, so whatever happens, happens. But this is going to be the final time they play Buffalo this season. And hypothetically speaking, I- I'm just saying hypothetically because, you know, this episode is going up tomorrow. Like I said, you guys know I record my episodes a day in advance. If New Jersey Devils did end up losing the game, then the Buffalo Sabres currently have 10 wins, and half of those wins came at the hands of the New Jersey Devils. So just something to take note of for next year. So uh, if you had uh, checked out the last episode, I basically posted prematurely uh, the Kyle Palmieri trade situation, and I related it to the Taylor Hall situation for the Buffalo Sabres because, you know, the Sabres and the Devils were playing each other this weekend. And it's the final time that these two teams are going to be playing each other this year. And so I just decided to do a fun episode and just say how the trade scenarios are similar. However, guys, I recorded that episode at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. So about four or five hours before the trade was announced that Kyle Palmieri and Travis Zajac were traded to the New York Islanders. And in return, the New Jersey Devils got A.J. Greer, Mason Jones, and they also got a first-round draft pick with a conditional fourth-round pick. However, where that is going to end up solely depends on what Lou Lamorello wants to do with it and also uh, if the New York Islanders make it to the Stanley Cup Finals or not. So, guys, we essentially gave up Zajac and Paul Mary two staples in our organization for essentially nothing because Zajac has been with us through thick and thin and thin and thinner. And obviously, Paul Mary, while he's been with us for six years, I think he's become, you know, pretty recognizable around the New Jersey Devils organization, especially with his beard. It's such a shame that uh, New York doesn't allow uh, their uh, players to have beards. I thought that was just a New York Yankees thing, but I kept forgetting that Lula Morello uh, follows that rule too. So like... You know, no beards amongst the organization. So Kyle Palmieri looks a little strange, uh, clean shaven. But you know what? That's not my problem anymore. I miss those two. And quite honestly, guys, this is going to be a very tough episode to do. So I'm going to need some help. So I'm bringing in the host of Locked on Islanders, Gil Martin, who's also a published author, to talk about this trade and basically provide some insight on the New York Islanders side of things. Because like I told you guys, this is a blockbuster deal. This is like the first major domino piece to fall. And if 
if you guys checked out my Twitter yesterday or the day before, you guys obviously know that I am not a big fan of this trade because I feel like we could have gotten better. So if it was those two prospects, uh, the draft picks for Kyle Paul Mary, I'm like, okay, I'd be okay with that. Oh, but throwing in Zajac, I mean, seriously, I, I felt like the Devils just bit off more than what they could chew. And I'll explain it way later in the episode as to why I feel as though the New Jersey Devils took like a step or two backwards with this deal. Yes, we got a first round pick, but guys, let's be realistic. The Islanders are contenders. So, you know, that pick is not going to be really that good. It's not going to be high. So I, I don't know what to expect from that pick at all. So you know, I, I and like I said a few episodes ago, I don't feel as though the New Jersey Devils they don't need uh, to be looking at draft picks anymore. I feel like we've uh, you know gotten past that phase of our rebuild, and now it's time to focus on building solid pieces or finding more diamonds in the rough in the free agency market or trade value just to see what could potentially happen. It's why I felt like Kyle Paul Mary should have gone to the Boston Bruins, and we should have gotten uh, DeBrusque in return. But as you guys know, it was the Islanders, and I was big on Otto Koivula for being the main candidate that the New Jersey Devils would get in exchange for just Kyle Palmieri because, you know, I think that would have been a fair trade, and Koivula has, you know, great potential. I touched on it a couple episodes ago, but obviously that didn't happen, and we got two prospects who are relatively old uh, in terms of AHL players. Uh, they've only played a combined 16 games in the AHL together. One has still not made his NHL debut, and he's 27. So, yeah, uh, a lot of negatives to take away from this trade, a lot of negatives. But luckily, Gil Martin is going to help me out. So uh, how much do I bet that the New Jersey Devils aren't done in the trade uh, market? Well, I'm going to go to betonline.ag to place my bets. So obviously, football is over. College basketball is over. But you know what? The NBA and the NHL season is still continuing, and we still have some big matchups in store and on tab. So you guys should get excited for that. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Surprise, surprise. I'm not surprised because BetOnline is that awesome. So real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Talent talks about one or more teams. NHL Games of the Week, NBA Players of the Week, whatever comes to mind, they got it. So anything sports, they got you covered, all right? So also visit our good friends at Locked On Bets so that way you can get your predictions up and early so that way you can place your bets and you have no excuse to say, oh, I didn't know what games were going to happen or this that a third also visit at bet online underscore ag and they also have you covered as well so bet online your online sportsbooks experts get with it and get in the action everybody okay time for the second live read this morning and it comes from rockauto.com but to tell their story i need to tell you the story about chain stores chain stores have a different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do rockauto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. Do you want to know the best part? RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto part consumers online for 20 plus years. 
Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices you prefer. Best of all, <laughs> I know, I, I already said best of all, but this is even better. Prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and at the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Man, those live reads take a lot out of me. So before we talk to Gil Martin about this whole trade ordeal, I need to talk to you guys about yesterday's episode. So I do apologize that I didn't touch on the trade in yesterday's episode. But as you guys know, I record my episodes a day in advance, and usually on an off day, I record my episodes during the mid-afternoon or, you know, at the very latest early evening. But in this case, I recorded it uh, mid-afternoon, and obviously it was hours before the trade was announced that Paul Mary and Zajac were heading to the Islanders. But you guys know that you saw my initial reaction on Twitter, so, you know, follow me on Twitter on Locked On Devils to keep tabs on that. So, but in, in terms of just episode production, I do apologize for that. It was just too late because I had already done everything that I had to do editing-wise and also publication-wise in order for that episode to go live. So, you know, I, I apologize for that. Just, you know, jump the gun, but it happens. I've done this before, but, you know, uh, it, it doesn't get any easier when something like that happens, especially something major. I know you guys want to hear the major things, but just know I see uh, the news and I'm not ignoring it. It's just like... You know, in terms of like, when do I record the episode? When does it go live? When is it published? And overall, when does that event take place? So had I waited until like midnight or something to record an episode, like you guys know that I usually do, I certainly would have talked about the trade. But anyway, we're talking about the trade today with Gil Martin. So let's take it away. Joining me for the first time on Locked on Devils, he is the host of Locked on Islanders. And he's also a published author. It's Gil Martin. And he's either going to have pity on us or he's just going to rub it in our face. So, Gil, how you doing? Can I do both? You know, I'm doing OK. How you doing today? I've been better. I hate everything. <laughs> that good, huh? Yeah. So I guess let's get right into it. So you gave us uh, Greer, Jobs and uh First uh, round pick and also a conditional fourth round pick for Palmieri and Zajac. Yeah. And uh, I, what, 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 what was the mindset for the Islanders? I mean, you know, I know they're contenders and all, but uh, you told me like uh, moments before we started recording that you thought that that would just get you Palmieri. You didn't think that that would also include Zajac in the deal. So that was basically like a big throw in right there. Cause you got two of our alternate captains right there. So, you know, it's just like, what, what was the mindset? Like when, when you just saw that. I, I was thrilled. I mean, because like you said, alternate captains, veteran leadership, guys who have been there before and been through the wars and look, the Islanders are tied for first uh, entering tonight's game and they lose their captain Anders Lee they were struggling to score goals even before Lee went down. And now you've got some, 
you know, two guys who are experienced, who can put the puck in the net, contribute offensively. And now all of a sudden, the Islanders have a little depth at forward and some experienced playoff guys who can help them make, hopefully, from an Islanders perspective, another long, long playoff run. Right. And um, so A.J. Greer and Mason Jobs are both older players with Bridgeport in the AHL. Greer has not played in an NHL game since 2018 and 2019, and Joe still has not played in the NHL. The two picks are obviously the main assets in this deal for the Devils. Do you have any information on any of these players? Like, can you give us some sort of hope? Yes. Yes, I can. And I, I think the, the bigger, uh, the player who will give you more hope from a Devils perspective, I think, is Greer. He's got good size at 6'3", 210. Like you mentioned, he has played in the NHL before, 37 games, one goal, six points. Uh, you know, a couple of years back, he was considered uh, a potentially, you know, a good prospect. Now he's sort of at that crossroads where if he gets a chance to show what he could do and plays well in the NHL, he might establish himself as a, as a steady contributor on the bottom six uh, forwards. If not, he's going to be one of those quadruple A guys who's too good for the AHL, but can't quite establish himself in the NHL. Right. And you got any information on the other guy? Yeah. Uh, Jobst is a, is a skilled guy. He's a good guy. The big issue with him is his, his lack of size. He's 5'8", 185. That's what they list him at. So, you know, he's the kind of guy who, who can do things with the puck, but because of his size, he's not going to be a dominant offensive player in the NHL. Wow. Wow. So you were brute, honest, and for Jobs, I, do you think maybe he could sort of do what Jack Hughes is doing a little bit? Because Jack Hughes is also undersized and is playing effective in his sophomore year. And obviously, you know, you got Patrick Kane, who's a similar stature to Jack Hughes, obviously way better. But is there any chance that maybe he could be that spark despite his small frame? I mean, he can do something. There's no question about that. He doesn't have you know, the offensive talent that, that Hughes has certainly, but here is a guy who, you know, his best season at Ohio state and he spent four years there. He had 21 goals and 43 points in 40 games. So uh, that was his goal scoring. He had a 55 point season the year before, mostly on assists. He's going to get you more. He's more of a, of a setup guy than a scorer uh, when it comes to his skill set and, Again, you know, the issue for him is the lack of size. He does have some skills. The question is whether he could do it at the NHL level. The problem is he's already 27 years old and he's never been called up to play in the NHL. And that obviously would give me cause for concern. Oh, dear. 27 years old and still has not gotten an NHL opportunity. What was, uh, listen, I love Fitzgerald. I love some of the moves that he was making during the course of the season, during the course of the offseason. But I think this is his biggest blunder. You just gave away two of our alternate captains, Travis Zajac, who's been with our organization since the beginning. And now you also gave away Kyle Palmieri, who is a, you know, a great goal getter. Like, you know, Palmieri is having a bit of a down year this year, but I said maybe a new change of scenery might help him. And a new culture could, you know, give him some sort of spark. And by the way, I'm not sure how many more times you have to play the Boston Bruins this year, but uh, Kyle Palmieri does relatively well against the Boston Bruins uh, for some reason this year. 
That's how he got his first goal or a couple uh, goals to start the year. And also um, uh, there was uh, two instances where the Devils shut out the Boston Bruins by a score of one to nothing. And both of those instances, uh, Paul Mary uh, scored the lone goal. So, nice. um, you know, that just giving you some hope for Kyle Paul Mary, even though he looks kind of weird ha- not having a beard. Yeah, yeah, that is, that it is definitely an adjustment uh, for him and and for fans as well. But you you know, here's I guess uh, a little reason for your listeners and Devils fans to have some hope. Both Zajac and Palmieri are rental players. They're going to be free agents at the end of the of the year. Uh, it's always possible they could re-sign with New Jersey if the Devils and the players want to do that. And you know, if not, they weren't going to be here beyond this year anyway. You do have a first round and possibly a fourth round pick coming. You know, this year, I think the Islanders definitely benefited more from this trade. But three, four, five years from now, it is possible that the Devils could benefit greatly while the Islanders could be, you know, having nothing to show for if they don't go on a long run in the playoffs this year. You know, I was thinking about that because I did mention many times in my show that both Palmieri and Zajac, they're in the final years of their contract. Now, here's the thing. Zajac might retire at the end of the season because of information given to me uh, from Robert Inkin Jr. from North Jersey. He told me that uh, uh, if you watch Fitzgerald's comments, he says that he knows why Zajac wanted to move and he respects it because Zajac had a no trade clause, but uh, he stopped himself from saying more. So uh, Robert was telling me that he wouldn't be surprised if Travis were to retire after the season. And this is just him getting one last uh, chance to possibly get a Stanley Cup, because as as you know, uh, New Jersey went to the Stanley Cup finals um, almost 10 years ago, lost to the Los Angeles Kings. And, you know, that was his only um, uh, cup appearance. So, you know, there's that. So I think he's just looking for one more opportunity to win a Stanley Cup. Yeah, that that would make sense. And, and, you know, this way he could do it without being all that far from home. Uh, it, you know, you could commute from the, the Newark area to Long Island pretty easily. I mean, it's not the most convenient thing, but it's doable. And uh, it's certainly different than if he would have, you know, been traded to L.A. or some other, uh, you know, some other place or Colorado, a contending team out west. Right. And, you know, the, the one thing I was saying about, like, if he was traded to like the Boston Bruins or the New York Islanders, which they both ended up going, I said, you know, you guys are contenders. So, you know, um, y- y- your farm system isn't that good. Right. Um, I-, I was looking at Otto uh, uh you know, a- as a potential um, return for the New Jersey Devils. So, you know, because he's six foot four, weighs 220 pounds. He's a winger. He had 11 points in 14 games while on loan. So, you know, that was one of the prospects I kind of had my eyes on from your organization, because, you know, obviously you've mentioned that Anders Lee is out for the season and you, you guys are looking for some scoring help. But I I said, like, you know, obviously the Islanders aren't going to give up one of their, you know, they're not even going to give up a decent player on the roster because that would hurt their playoff chances um, in the long run. So, you know, I I think you guys were um, definitely up there because everyone knows that Lou loves his uh, New Jersey Devils still. He does. He he loves those players and the connections that he had with them and, and obviously he was there when Zajac was drafted. So, uh, you know, there's definitely that. And, you know, the player that uh, a lot of people on our end w- was saying maybe traded was Kiefer Bellows, who's had 
a few cups of coffee with the Islanders, but spent some time in Bridgeport as well. And yet, you know, Bellows did not uh, get dealt. And uh, I think the Devils are concentrating more on that, you know, the draft picks that are involved in this trade. That That is the key for them. Uh, and the other thing that kind of surprised me is that New Jersey is still paying half of the salary here cap-wise. Uh, that That is a big relief for the Islanders. Again, it's just for the last, uh, you know, 15 games or so of this season, but it certainly does help given the cap crunch around the league right now. See, that was another thing I was frustrated about. I was like, okay, we still have to pay half of their contracts for this season, but you know, I, I, so it technically it's still like them being on the roster kind of. So it's like, I, I guess we got something out of it, but I just think we could have just done a touch bit better, especially if you were going to throw Zajac in it, because the one thing I said about New Jersey was that, I said, okay, Kyle Palmieri is definitely going to be on the move because he's been a healthy scratch the last couple of games uh, due to precautionary reasons because a trade could occur at any given moment. And, you know, obviously that that did happen. And I was just like, okay, um, even though I say we should keep Palmieri just due to his young age, and I'm sure they tried to work out an extension, didn't come into fruition. Um, you know, I, I just said we, we could have gotten, you know, a good package for Palmieri alone. But the fact is, I didn't even know that they were even considering throwing Zajac in it at all. And, and, you know, that kind of like, you know, uh, just stunned me. Cause I was like, Travis Zajac and Kyle Paul Mary for two minor leaguers, one of them who still has not played in the NHL and a first round uh, draft pick. That's not going to be relatively high because the Islanders are contenders. So, you know, it's not like, you know, it's going to be a top 10 pick. Right. That no, it, it's it's probably going to be in the twenties, uh, mid to high twenties, depending on how the Islanders finish. I was surprised Zajac was included, also. But you know, to me, what Zajac does is give the Islanders a lot of depth and flexibility because you know Palmieri can play either wing, Zajac can play center or wing in a pinch. So uh, all of a sudden, if injuries do hit the Islanders down the stretch, they've got a few options now and a. To me, you, you look at these last uh, dozen or so games, you got to figure out, you know, the line combinations from an Islanders perspective and where Palmieri and, and, and Zajac will fit into this lineup and what line combinations you go with. Right. And one thing I want to ask, and it's a kind of a personal one. So obviously we talked about that Lou Lamorello loves his New Jersey Devils. That's why you guys got Andy Green last year. Uh, is he trying to slowly but surely transform the New York Islanders into the New York Devils or something like that? <laughs> yeah, I, you know, uh, he probably wouldn't admit that, but I think he likes those guys that he knows and he knows the Devils, you know, system and roster probably better than any other team out there except his own right now. So when you're looking for veteran leadership and Barry Trotz also likes to play veterans rather than younger guys, you know, Lou sticks with what he knows. And, and right now that's Palmieri and Zajac. Yep. And uh, boy, did, did he uh, strike gold with that? So let me ask you something. Will you regret this trade if the Islanders don't win the Stanley cup this year? Uh, I, I tell you this, uh, no, from the perspective of I'd be disappointed, but to me, when you're this close, you know, they were a, a, a conference final team a year ago they're fighting for first place in the east now you got to take a shot and after Anders Lee went down you take a shot uh these are two guys who I think could definitely help the cause 
uh, come playoff time. And if it doesn't work out, I'll be very disappointed. But I think, you know, sometimes you do the right thing and it just doesn't work out the way you planned it. If that's what happens, at least you went down swinging. Right. So obviously I'm going to go on the fence and say that I believe Travis Zajac is going to retire after this year because I believe this will be his best chance of winning a Stanley Cup final. And um, and if he doesn't achieve that, I don't think um, or maybe uh, there will be a team that will be willing to, like, give him a one year deal like a contending team, because, like I said, uh, any contending team would love a player like Paul Mary or Zajac on their roster just because what they bring to the table, what they've done in their careers, because Travis Zajac has 200 plus goals with the Devils organization. And he was like, what, third or fourth on the all-time list? Obviously, he was still 200-something behind Patrick Eliash. But, you know, um, that that's still incredible that he's gotten all his career goals with the New Jersey Devils. So it's going to kind of hurt because if this is his final year, this is sort of like Michael Jordan on the Washington Wizards or uh, Tom Brady on the Bucks, even though uh, they won the Super Bowl or – or uh, like uh, Dwayne Wade on the Cleveland Cavaliers. It's just like you, you, the, it's just so weird. It's just so like, or, or just, just a few years ago, uh, Marty Brodeur on the, uh, on the St. Louis blues. Like, it's just like, I, that I, never I, I looked can't. right. Yeah. It, it, it never looked right. I'm hoping it's more like uh, Raymond Bork on the Colorado avalanche, but we'll see. <laughs> you know? Yeah. We'll see now. Um, obviously, uh, Kyle Palmieri and his uh, parties, they tried to get an extension with the New Jersey Devils. Obviously, that kind of fell through. I guess the New Jersey Devils were being a, just a little stingy, I guess, or maybe he was being stingy. I don't know what the case might be, but either way, um, it, it just didn't it just didn't uh, work out because, uh, you know, Kyle Palmieri, he's still relatively young. He's uh, 20, 29. He just turned 29, I believe. So, um, you know, he's still a relatively young guy. So, uh do you think the Islanders will try to extend them? Like, or would you want to see them extend them? And if so, like for how long? Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing it. The problem obviously is the cap. The Islanders are up against it as are many NHL teams after the pandemic. And if they're going to re-sign Palmieri, they're going to have to either trade someone or restructure. I mean, it would be difficult without moving a big contract away to make that happen. And I think what Lula Amarello was going to do is see how he performs during the rest of the season, see what he does for the team in the playoffs. And if they can work something out and it makes sense to try to keep him uh, beyond this year, he'll try to do it. But uh, if not, it'll be, Hey, this was a rental. Thanks for your efforts. And uh, off he goes. Right. And for right now, uh, I just got to hold my breath and hopefully Greer and Jobs can, um, you know, do something uh, if they are brought up to the NHL level, but I'm not holding my breath because uh, two players that the Devils get back in that deal played a total of 16 games this season in the AHL. Yeah. Like, like I'm like, oh, are you, you've got to be kidding me. Just 16 games in the AHL with those two combined. I, not really much to get excited for. It sounds like we just got two players just for the heck of getting two players. Uh, it's two players to fill in organizational depth and, and, you know, help your farm team a little bit. And, and maybe, you know, if, if players get injured and you need someone to come up who could, you know, Greer is the kind of guy who could step in at any time and give you a, a few games of, of quality, you know, third or fourth line, maybe even second line on a good night uh, kind of minutes. But uh, 
you know, th- these guys are not foundational pieces that you're going to build your franchise around. No, no absolutely no. not. But that's the thing. That's the thing with the New Jersey Devils. I just felt like we took a like a step or two backwards because I don't think we need to, you know, improve upon our farm system all that much because obviously we have Alexander Holtz who just got uh, done finishing his season in uh, Sweden uh, at the time of this recording. It was um, just like an hour or two ago saying that now he can sign his entry level with the New Jersey Devils. So, you know, there's good news right there. Mercer is obviously doing really well. Then, you know, we got Walsh, we got Foot, and obviously, uh, even though he's not really going to do anything, uh, we got Jeremy Brodeur, who's the uh, son of Marty Brodeur. So, you know, I, I feel like we have a bunch of great young guys. And then at the NHL level, we have some diamonds in the rough in Ty Smith, Sharon Govich. Um, you know, obviously, Scott Wedgwood has had his moments. Kokanen has had his moments. And obviously, Jack Hughes is improving in his sophomore year campaign. I just felt like we don't need to improve like in terms of just, you know, finding more young guys. We're already one of the youngest teams in the NHL. I just feel as though we need to find like decent enough players with potential so that way we can um, just just build around these young guys. Because I, I said the, the one player that I would keep out of all of our veteran players is Kyle Palmieri, because uh, I just confirmed that he just turned 30 on February 1st. So um you know he's like i said he's still relatively young and he's a he's a goal getter even despite having a bit of an off season and obviously i said zajac has to go uh suban has to go uh like all of our you know the veteran players just just we got to get them out of there including ryan murray who just joined the organization this year so you know those are players i was looking to deal obviously suban is here until the seattle crack and have their expansion draft but (laughs) you know other than that, I just felt like we took a few steps backwards with this trade. I just feel like we could have just done a touch better. And speaking of the Stanley Cup finals, let's talk a little bit about that conditional uh, pick, that fourth round pick. So uh, if I remember correctly, the deal is if the New York Islanders reach uh, the Stanley Cup finals, that pick will become a third round pick. But Lou has the power to choose whether it'll be this year or next year's draft. Right. That, that is my understanding as well. And, you know, I, I, I have a question about this trade for you. Do you think that the devils now that they have two first round picks in this year's draft, use one of those picks or both of those picks to either get a a young talented veteran who can step in right away or trade, you know, way down to try to grab one of the top picks in this year's draft once the lottery has been held and they know where they're picking. You know, I don't know, but you've definitely um, sparked my interest because I didn't think of it like that. Yeah, now they have two first-round picks. I think overall it just depends on, like, I guess it just depends on where where Fitzgerald's head is at uh, once the offseason rolls around because I personally feel like, and I'm not trying to make a hot take here, if the Devils didn't have their two-week COVID shutdown uh, back in, what, February, I believe they would be in the hunt for a playoff position, quite honestly, because they were doing so well prior to their uh, COVID um, stoppage of play. And But then, obviously, that happened, and they've never been the same ever since. And uh, two other teams who fell fallen victim to that are the Dallas Stars, and the Buffalo Sabres and the Dallas stars are uh, reigning runner ups from last year's Stanley cup finals. And then the Sabres, we all know how bad the Sabres are, but uh, albeit I can't really talk because 
four of their nine wins have come against the New Jersey Devils. And but still, they were on like an 18 game losing streak. So, you know, um, overall, uh, you've definitely given me something to think about because albeit, um, like I said, um, I I would have liked to see Koivola, uh, you know, be traded to us from your organization or uh, from the Boston Bruins, I was more having my eyes on uh, DeBrusque mm-hmm. because, you know, he is all obviously having a down year, but, you know, uh, his first, what, like three seasons in the league, he was actually doing pretty well. So it's like, you know, if anyone knows about finding a diamond in the rough, it's the New Jersey Devils because Absolutely. Like, DeBrusque, 43 points in his rookie year, then sophomore year, 42 points, and then uh, third year, 35 points. And obviously this year in 23 games played, he only has seven points, but you know, at least, you know, he has something, uh, you know, brewing a little bit, like he has some potential, maybe a change of scenery would help him out. And, you know, Kyle Palmieri, like I said, having a down season, but yep. he has something to prove. So, and, you know, DeBrusque is 24 years old. So it's like, you can still raise his ceiling just a bit. So that's what I was looking at. Uh, but obviously, you know, when we're talking about the Bruins and we're talking about the Islanders, both teams are contending teams and their farm systems aren't really that good. So you don't really have much to choose from, but uh, in my honest opinion, I don't think the devils need to worry about, um, you know, uh, a farm system too much because, you know, uh, thinking about it, we, we already have a bunch of good young players and we have a lot of options to choose from. And honestly, um, because one of my listeners asked me like a week or two ago, he was like, should we, you know, do whatever it takes to get Luke Hughes, who is the little brother of Jack Hughes. Right. And I right. said, while that would be cool, I don't think we need to focus on like drafting, you know, another great player because I think we've already found, uh, you know, the players that we want to rebuild around or, you know, build the team around. Cause we got Heizer, we got Hughes, both uh, former first overall picks. And then obviously in this year's draft, we got Holtz and Mercer diamonds in the rough. And uh, yeah. Uh, Mukama Doolin also might be a sleeper, yep. but you know, that that's, that's, uh, something to be said, because like I said, no one was really talking about them and that's usually for a good reason. Well, he- here's the thing that I think it works in the devil's favor. Also, you look at the salary cap situation because of COVID almost every team, I think out of the 30 next year, there'll be 32 teams once the Kraken officially enter the NHL. So you'll have 32 teams and probably 26 or 27 of them are up against the cap and having two first round picks, those become very valuable because teams can pay those guys a lot less on their entry level contracts and create cap space. That way the devils might be able to utilize this extra first round pick to get a quality young veteran who can fit into that lineup and be the next piece to their puzzle and make them playoff contenders next season, because so many teams are up against the cap and need to create space. They'll take one or both of those draft picks and give them even more than they would under normal circumstances in a trade. Right. And I agree with you because we do actually have a lot of salary cap uh, flexibility because I was actually doing a few episodes covering like, could we possibly get Pierre-Luc Dubois, Sam Bennett, mm-hmm. or even Jack Eichel? You know, it was very plausible for all three. Obviously, it would require, you know, uh, certain circumstances, but, you know, it, it was plausible because we had the salary cap to do so. So, you know. Um, and now you got the ammunition to pull off the trade. Right. 
we'll, we'll, we'll see. And um, honestly, uh, I hope you guys actually do well in the playoffs because I don't think there's much beef between the Islanders and the devils, quite honestly, like, yeah, we don't like each other, but at the same time, uh, our two biggest, uh, you know, foes would have to be the Rangers and the Flyers. Right. Right. I mean, there, there used to be about, you know, 10, 12 years ago, uh, Rick DiPietro and Martin Brodeur had a little a little personal rivalry. But I think that was more uh, Rick DiPietro just trying to measure up to Marty Brodeur well, uh, at, at the time. But that was a fun, you know, little personal thing that they had going for a couple of years in the late 2000s, early 2010s before Rick DiPietro's career got derailed by injuries but well uh, well marty got his revenge 10 years later <laughs> yes he did yes he did but yeah, I- i'm trying to give you guys some hope i i really am trying so uh thank you but lady luck doesn't like the new jersey devils for some reason she doesn't like the boys in red well hopefully that'll change for, for your sake well i know you're smiling ear to ear <laughs> i i am happy with the trade no question about it well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I want to wish you guys the best of luck because you guys got two uh, quality players. Uh, Travis Zajac will will provide, you know, that leadership, that mentorship, despite his old age. And, you know, like I told you, he has 200 plus career goals, all with the New Jersey Devils. So, you know, uh, you, you, you two definitely got um, a goal getter uh, in both uh, Zajac and Paul Mary and Paul Mary. Like I said, down year, but at the same time, you know, just look at his past five or so seasons and you'll see the consistency and just overall uh, what what both of them can bring to the table. And like I and like you said, they can switch uh, positions sometimes and just provide that offensive punch for the Islanders. Despite uh, you guys losing your captain, Anders Lee, I, I do expect big things from you guys. One one last quick question for you. Any any uh, insight into why Palmieri is having an off year so far this year? Uh, you know, I, I I don't really know. I think it's the system, quite honestly, because um, recently we waived uh, Nikita Gusev to make room for Tice Thompson. But mm-hmm. the thing was, Gusev had was like way off the mark, like totally off the mark, as opposed to his rookie season. Because his rookie season, he was pretty solid. But this year, he only had like, what, five or so points in, in, in a decent amount of games played. And Lindy Ruff just said, you know, we need tough guys to fit in with this system. So um, just just they said he had to go on waivers just because like uh, he was eating up some space. So I think overall, just with a new coach, a new system and overall just a new culture, I guess it just didn't work in favor of Kyle Palmieri. Um, and, you know. Uh, that that usually happens when when there's a new coach because you know there's always that one decent or good player that just kind of falls out of favoritism for some reason Kyle Palmieri always did well against the Boston Bruins I never know why but uh, I, I think overall just uh, what Kyle Palmieri was given this year I think the system uh, failed him but for the most part Lindy Ruff has been a pretty above average coach for the New Jersey Devils this season he's made some questionable moves and he's also um, you know, got he has to improve on the specialty teams, but overall, just um, I, I think it was the system, and you see that a lot when there's a new coach. No question. Well, I'm hoping that Palmieri and Zajac have enough left to help the Islanders down the stretch, and uh, yeah, uh, the uh, the the New Jersey Islanders are are coming at you right now. So. Yep. So w- I have the right to be an Islanders fan once uh, the playoffs roll around. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> 
hey. and all of you, my all of my listeners do too. All right. Hey, fair enough. You're always welcome on the bandwagon. Awesome. So uh, was it go Isles or whatever? Let's go Islanders. That's uh, I will say let's go New Jersey Islanders. <laughs> there you go. We love you, Lou. <laughs> so there you guys go. You got a full fledged reaction from Gil Martin and myself in regards to the trade. And also, you know, you have the right to be Islanders fans temporarily uh, during the Stanley Cup playoffs because, like I told you guys, out of all the teams in the East Division, I don't think we have that much beef with the Islanders. Just that mini beef that uh, Gil Martin and myself brought up. But anyway, you know, that's uh, way down the future. But anyway, at the time of this recording, now uh, the Devils actually came out victorious against the Buffalo Sabres by a score of 6-3. to three. So Hughes scored a goal, Kwokanen scored a goal, Sharon Govich scored a goal, and Zaka scored twice, and Bofquist scored his first goal of the regular season so we uh, absolutely uh had a high goal game so you know i guess that's a positive takeaway albeit it's the sabers and this is what we should have been doing all season but we will not give the sabers half of their wins this season so the devils are now 14 18 and 6 and the sabers are 9 24 and 6 and I, I guess we need any positive takeaway that we can have, especially since we got to play uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins next. So, you know, it's still going to be one heck of a finish. And hopefully the New Jersey Devils can just finish out strong. It's going to be tough without uh, two of our alternate captains, which, by the way, the alternate captains now, as I predicted, are now P.K. Subban and Miles Wood. So, you know, there's that. But anyway, that's all the time I have for you guys today. Thank you for listening. Thank you to Gil Martin for coming on the show and doing a crossover episode to provide some insight and also check out his book. The link for that will be in the description. Continue to stay safe and have a wonderful day, New Jersey. Go Devils, and hopefully we can come out victorious against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Thanks for listening.